Life's Third Act is a podcast dedicated to helping you get the most out of your retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, attorney CPA Joe Cordell features guests each week to discuss prominent topics for those over 55. Here's attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Welcome to another episode of Life's Third Act. Um, I think it's fitting that as we start out the year that we talk a little bit about the subject of money. Money is always on people's mind to some extent, and we we wanted to turn to an expert on this subject uh, who uh, works a lot with older people, not exclusively with people who are above 60, for example. I can say older because I, fa- I fall in that category. There you go. Um, I'm but, getting there. But does a lot of that, does a lot of financial planning, um, and, and we want to talk about some of the things that you might be able to do here at the beginning of the year that can make a big difference in the years to come. Uh, not just in 2023. So this guest uh, you may have heard of. Do you want to make a proper introduction of John? I would love to. We have John Ensley with us. And as Joe said, he's a financial planner and the founder of John Ensley Financial of uh, Vancouver, Washington. Welcome, John. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, John, your story is really interesting. You started out in the corporate world and... I want you to give us, you know, kind of a play-by-play about how that all evolved in you launching your company. And it had to do with the financial crisis of 2008. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so my, my background prior to, to launching my practice was in uh, industrial sales. Um, I was a, a regional salesperson for a, for a large industrial distributor. But um, I started developing a, a subdivision and some spec homes in about 2005. And so we, we had the, the property platted out and the lots divided out and had started building the first spec home or maybe halfway through it um, as we got into late 2008. Uh-oh. Um, we all know what happened there. Yeah, I was going to say, you can probably guess uh, uh-huh. what happened at that point. Strong roots are essential for a healthy tree, especially your family tree. That's why you work hard to take care of your family every day. At Tucker Allen, we know that taking care of your family means planning for the future. Our team provides personalized estate planning to help you protect your family, your legacy, and your future. From wills and trusts to long-term care and estate planning, count on Tucker Allen. Personalized estate planning made simple. Um, so a lot of chaos ensued uh, from that point forward, and uh, you know the, the the prices fell through the floor. I, couldn't have given the lots away uh, if I wanted to. And trying to get that first home down or that first home done and, and built, uh, we got ourselves leveraged uh, pretty heavily. And so the whole thing really kind of imploded by by 09. So fortunately, we did get that first home finished and we were able to get it, it sold off um, at much less than we had originally anticipated. You know, of course, when I started the project, I had all these as-if appraisals um, on what what these lots with homes on them would be worth, and it was you know fun and exciting and and whatnot. And of course, that all just disintegrated, evaporated. Yeah. Yep, disintegrated. Um, so so we got somewhat extricated from that from that situation um, without without too much collateral damage, other than the fact that I really walked away from all that with nothing. Right, absolutely nothing. I really just just uh, 
was able to clear the air, get the, you know, get the vendors paid and the, and the debt paid off. Well, you know, that's uh, the story. That's the story of a lot of successful real estate developers. But the lesson that you got from this is interesting. Rather than, than continue along that road of which you had obtained this great education, albeit very expensive and painful, yeah. but, mm-hmm. but you decided to go rather than, than push on in that field, you decided to pivot. Uh, somewhat, yes. I always refer to that period in time as my my big wake up call. Not not just financially, but in in my life, right? Because as a result of all this chaos, there there came a divorce, and their teenage kids in a divorce, and you know, just a lot of chaos in a lot of areas. Um, and I just had this moment where I suddenly, you know, like the blinders lifted, and just realized how ignorant and unaware I was on so many levels. And I, you know, I always, I always say that 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 story isn't about the financial crack or the banks who caused it, a lot of it, or or any of that. I'm not a victim of circumstance. Um, I, I'm a victim of my own ignorance at that point in my life. And fortunately, that wake up call caused me to kind of go on this journey of self discovery. And I started reading everything I could get my hands on, and um, going to seminars and online programs at that point and blogs and just anything I could, I could read, um, or study or attend to try and fill in the gaps that, that I felt like I I clearly wasn't understanding how things worked. And then is that when you became a financial planner or were you one considered one before? No, I was not considered one before. So, um, in a, as a result of all of the reading and the studying and, and so forth, um, I came across a couple of concepts in, in all of that um, that had to do with, with using uh, specially structured life insurance, uh, annuities, things of that nature. And I, I wound up studying that concept even more and uh, eventually going down that path myself and setting up these specially structured policies and, and using them. And I just got super passionate about it. And I felt like there was very little information out there. A lot of, uh, a lot of financial professionals are not talking about some of these things. Um, and so I decided to do it, make a career change. And um, I pursued licensing first, got, got licensed, um, and then some additional training. And by 2012, I, I launched my practice, Jansley Financial. Wow. So your, your training and certifications, what you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. So um, it, it, life insurance is where I started. So I got life insurance licensed uh, in the state of Washington and then other states as I began to expand. Um, and then uh, had some specific training with the uh, infinite banking concept, uh, bank on yourself concept um, along those lines. And that specific training um, a few years into practicing, I started pursuing additional education and ultimately finished the Chartered Financial Consultant Program through the American College of Financial Services. I also, um, even though I didn't necessarily need to, I passed the Series 65 exam um, for the uh, Investment Advisors Law Examination. Um, so just uh, continue to expand uh, the education and the learning, both um, formally and I'm, I'm an avid reader, so I continue to, to dig into information. So you made this decision at some point to, to launch into your own practice. Mm-hmm. How did that take place? Um, so as I mentioned, I got very passionate about, um, about these concepts. The infinite banking concept is probably the most common term for it, um, although that's more of a marketing term. Um, 
and using life insurance in unique ways and life insurance products. So my passion was around sharing those ideas with other people because I just didn't see a lot of financial advisors out there that that even knew what some of those things were themselves. And so seeing how it kind of worked in my own life, um, I just decided, you know what, it's time to make a career change. So pursued the training, quit the job and jumped right in. But you started your own practice rather than, I mean, I noticed you have your own company. Uh, Jay Inslee. Yep, Jay Inslee. Mm-hmm. So uh, rather than simply take a job, you uh, doing what you describe, you know, with a financial planning company or firm, mm-hmm. you uh, launched your own gig. Uh, correct. I've always been pretty entrepreneurial in mind. Um, so that just made sense to me to, to, to launch my own thing. You know, John, I've got to ask you, um, you, you seem very content in this new career choice. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think, oh, darn, I wish I would have done this years ago when I was young. Are you happy that, you know, you had that experience with the corporate world and perhaps it helped you in your current career? Absolutely. So, uh, no, I don't wish I would have, would have done this. Um, years earlier. I think the experiences I had and the, the, even the painful ones, probably mostly the painful ones, uh, give me a perspective that I can help clients in a way I wouldn't have been able to without mm-hmm. that experience. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that whole experience of, of 2008 to 2011 or so. Um, you know, it kind of the meat grinder of life kind of taught me a lot and yeah. toughened me up a little more. And um, that's all good stuff. So uh, talk a little bit about then what are these things that you discovered that you think are not known by many people and should be regarding investments? Absolutely. So I, I think um, I think a lot of people really um, undervalue what they can do with with life insurance products, be that life insurance policies or, or annuities. There's obviously the the primary purpose of them, which is insurance to insure against the the death of a loved one or to insure an, an income. Um, but I think I think what is not educated is how that can play into the saving scenario, how we can amass um, liquid cash that we can use and leverage in our life in all kinds of different ways using insurance contracts if they're structured correctly. So what what can you accomplish though by doing that? Be more specific, kind of give somebody an example of how that might be beneficial. Absolutely. So I think um, let's talk about saving, right? How, how important is saving to the, the planning process, right? Living on, on less than what you earn, putting a portion away, um, you know, it's super important. And I think too often I see prospective clients who are almost backwards. You know, they have significant retirement plan balances, but not enough cash to cover emergencies, to cover income over the short term, those kinds of things. So using these tools, um, I think it makes sense to build up a, a pool of liquid accessible cash that, um, that can cover those kinds of short term needs but still be leveraged long-term towards that retirement scenario. And then in addition to that, those, that liquid cash should be built up to a point where you can then use it to start making investments. I think there's a process to it rather than, I think a lot of people are just throwing mud on the wall and seeing what sticks. So, uh, and this might be through the cash value of a, of a uh, permanent policy. 
and mm-hmm. then uh, it would be perhaps is it Universal Life that gives you the opportunity to choose your investments? Talk about the type of policies you're talking about. So I specifically use whole life contracts. Um, they're they're structured with some riders that cause them to accumulate cash value at a at a rapid pace um, as compared to a conventionally designed whole life policy. Um, I don't usually approach universal life for a number of reasons. Um, so we we pretty much focus on whole life. And so this this policy though you mentioned an annuity. How does annuity play a role in that? Um, so it's a separate thing from the policy. Um, so where annuities come into play is with income, guaranteed income, which is what every retiree really needs is as a, is a paycheck after they're no longer getting a paycheck. And that's where annuities can come in. Um, and I think with both of these concepts where, where it really relates is uh, protecting or insulating those savings from uh, really five things that I refer to that can eat away at it. And it's taxes, fees, uh, crashes or deflation, inflation, of course. And then the fifth one is uh, debt interest. So we try to design plans that minimize or eliminate the effect of those five categories so that people can can uh, keep more of their nest egg. So, but do people have the ability though to control the, any of their investments through the whole life policy that you're suggesting? Normally that wouldn't be included, would it? Uh, no, in terms of selecting different sub accounts and, and, and things like that, that's, um, that's a, a variable or a universal life concept. So whole life, it, the way I describe this is the the whole life policy designed the right way to rapidly accumulate cash value um, it, it isn't really you. You can't compare it as an investment. It's the thing you use to build up cash to then use to invest. But it's you not would the investment itself. Okay, and and let me see if and you probably will agree with this. But but you think though that the whole life vehicle makes most sense though for somebody who already has a use for the life insurance component, and mm-hmm. then and then in addition they get these other benefits. You would agree with that. Or would you? Absolutely, absolutely, for sure. Okay. Um, if you're going to buy life insurance anyway, um, you you might as well buy a properly designed policy that will gain you the living benefits as well. So sometimes annuities get get beat up a little bit, and I know that there are people who have strong opinions on the subject on both sides. Sure. Um, so uh, can you talk a little bit about some criticisms that you might have heard uh, about annuities, and then what your your comment would be or your response Absolutely. would be? So the, the common criticisms um, about annuities, and, and first of all, there's a, a bunch of different kinds of annuities, right? We have fixed annuities and fixed index annuities and variable annuities and immediate annuities. And there's there's a lot of different types and sizes. And, and like anything, um, there's there's good products, medium products, and, and best products. Um, and the insurance and annuities is no different than that. So I think it's important, first of all, to make sure you're clarifying exactly what type of annuity that you're, you're talking about when you hear the criticism. Um, so some criticisms are that uh, you can lose money in the annuity. Um, that's really uh, true for variable annuities, but not for fixed or fixed index annuities. Um, it's a guaranteed payment if it's fixed. Or I assume yeah. that the- and that's the way to go, you would say? Uh, so I focus on fixed index annuities, uh, which is similar to what you were, were talking about a moment ago there, Joe. Um, so with a fixed index annuity, it's a fixed annuity. In other words, there's a guaranteed 
sort of floor. Um, and then you can select indexes and you earn additional, additional crediting to that annuity contract based on the performance of those indices. So like it could be a standard and poor's as an index or are, are they? Correct. Okay, so people kind of choose what sort of a basket of stocks in the form of an index that they think will go up over time, for example, and tie it to that index. But the important distinction there is in a variable annuity, your money is physically invested in those sub-accounts. In a fixed index annuity, you have no money exposed to the market. You're getting interest crediting based on the performance of that index, but you have no cash in that index. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of like an inflation, inflation adjustment where inflation really is where they look at an index and they say it went up 10%, so we're going to give you 10%. And this is where they use a stock index and say if it goes up or down, but there's a floor if it goes down. Correct. You don't participate in the downside. You only participate in the upside. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the inflation analogy is a little rough. It's not a good analogy. But anyway, uh, I see what you're saying. So uh, whenever people are investing in annuities, are there also ways to minimize their expenses associated with annuities? So that's another common criticism are the the, the expenses or the fees. Um, and they're, they're really the, the fees are built in to the illustrations and, and you know, the, the information that they give you on the front end. Um, so the thing to do is compare what those fees are to what else you might do. Um, I do a comparison all the time for clients where, uh, if you had a, a standard investment account that grew at 3% a year and, uh, over 25 years at a 1% fee that works out to be about 18% of the total account value in the 25th year, um, or about 35% of the growth dollars in that account over 25 years. If you take the same scenario in an annuity contract over 25 years and you amortize the fees out, it comes out to around three, three and a half percent of the total account value over 25 years. So a lot of this is, is what you're comparing it to over what time frame. If you compare first year to first year, well then you could say that the annuity has high fees. But if you compare it over a, a span of time, because in the investment account, the fees are cumulative, right? And that 1% builds year over year over year over year. And it comes into play too, that even if the account goes down, you still pay the 1%. Um, on the annuity side, as that account is building, the fees are, are staying fixed. So it's becoming less and less and less of a percentage of the overall result. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So So the longer you hold it and the higher the amount, then the annual average fees would be less correct over time yep. so it's probably yeah, exactly yeah and is it also a little more front end loaded to where you you pay those over time or you recover yeah, pretty, it over time yes that's pretty normal for insurance products of all types they're sort of front loaded on the cost side yeah um so uh, do you are do you work with a particular set of annuities and life insurance or, or do you broker different products? So I'm uh, I'm independent so I can contract with lots of different insurance companies. So no, I don't focus on one in particular. I, I work with a, a basket of them. So now what areas though uh, do you do you practice in? Uh, is it mainly in the state of Washington? Uh, no, I'm I'm licensed in just about all the western states. Um, I, that's the, the other unique thing I did long before COVID is, uh, I've, I've run the, the practice virtually since about 2015. 
Okay. Mm. So uh, so you can have clients in uh, New Mexico, for Correct. example. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, what is the barrier nationally? Just logistics? Uh, yeah, pretty much. There really is no barrier. Um, I can I can be licensed in any state um, in, in the U.S., as far as insurance products go, um, there's it's more difficult when you get into the the security side of things. The main reason I focus on the Western U.S. is it it keeps the time zone straight and it's just just easier to right to, to yeah. work with clients when you're not three or four hours behind them. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess it's a little bit of a hassle to get authorized in each state, and you'd hate to do it for one particular client, I imagine. That, right. Yeah. Exactly. So if I if I get a, a prospect that reaches out from a state I'm not licensed in, then then I go ahead and pull a license in that state. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Uh, well, we've enjoyed the discussion, John, uh, and your path getting where you are is interesting. It really is very impressive, John. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, we'll have to circle back and talk sometime down the road. Okay, that'd be great. Love it. Hey, this has been another episode of Life's Third Act. Till next time, take care. You've been listening to Life's Third Act, a podcast for thriving in retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, your estate and elder law advisors. Each week, we discuss topics and answer questions to help you better plan for your future. For more information, visit TuckerAllen.com. Subscribe and listen again next week for another edition of Life's Third Act. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements.